HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. They're committed to our success and sustainability to continue farming. I mean, everybody knows farming is not a get-rich-quick scheme. They recognized how much upfront investment it takes. We're able to invest in all of that equipment because we're not also footing a mortgage payment on our own, which is absolutely part of the reason why this has worked and we've been able to invest in some of the tools that make our jobs more efficient, make it more possible for us to be better farmers and to grow more food with just the two of us. You'll hear more about that story on this episode of No Farms, No Future, the new podcast from American Farmland Trust. I'm John Piotti, President and CEO of AFT. In each episode of No Farms, No Future, created in collaboration with the Heritage Radio Network, we'll examine a critical challenge faced by farmers and ranchers today. Join us to hear their voices while grappling with tough decisions shaping their future and ours. For the rest of this episode, we turn it over to our producer, Rob Hoschel. All across the United States, we are losing farmland at an alarming rate. One of the ways that happens is when retiring farmers and ranchers decide to move on from those endeavors. Often that land is sold and developed for other uses. I recently spoke about the problem with Erica Goodman of American Farmland Trust. She grew up on a dairy farm in New York State, one that had changed hands in her family for more than 150 years. She fed cows, helped milk them, went to 4-H fairs, and enjoyed the life. But she also saw how hard the work was and witnessed her own family transitioning out of the industry. My dad and his brothers had been dairy farming for most of their lives. They never really encouraged my sisters and I and, and my cousins to, to jump into farming. And I think especially dairy, if you follow any of that over the last several decades, has been kind of up and down. But certainly for smaller to mid-sized farms, is certainly challenging to be in. And we were never really encouraged to farm, even though growing up on the farm was such a unique and wonderful experience to be able to kind of understand and see where food is grown and raised. And I've understood more as an adult how unique that is for people, but it's hard. And it was not something that was necessarily encouraged for 
my generation. And so my dad and, and his brothers decided eventually to sell the farm and didn't transfer it to anyone who's really actively farming right now. It certainly stayed at least agricultural land, but it's so unique to see those generations pass on and on the land. And suddenly, you know, we were, we were thinking it wasn't going to be the future for us. That personal history now informs the work that Erica Goodman does for AFT as director of Farms for a New Generation, a nationwide effort designed to connect landowners with a new crop of food producers. Prior to taking her national director role, Goodman coordinated the launch of Farmland for a New Generation New York, a partnership between AFT, the New York State Department of Agriculture, and dozens of organizations around the state. It evolved from the Hudson Valley FarmLink Network and is now considered the top publicly funded FarmLink program in the country. Since 2014, American Farmland Trust and its partners have helped 250 farmers access farmland and feed their communities. It's just an urgent thing to be addressing now. We're at a point where nearly 40% of the farm and ranch land in the United States is in the hands of farmers, ranchers, and landowners that are 65 or older. And this program is looking at that massive transfer of land. This is going to happen over the next 15 years that we'll see 40% of land that's used to grow and raise food really transition hands. And so we want to make sure that in that point of transition, which oftentimes is when land, just like with my own family, is a point that that land might move away from agriculture, at least actively being farmed. And so this program is trying to look at ways to address that shift and to really make sure that there are pathways for a new generation and a a new, more diverse generation, really, to be able to access land and farm in the long term. There's a National Farmland Information Center that takes in calls from all around the country, helping foster these connections. AFT now has offices and partners in several U.S. locations where staff are working directly with farmers and landowners, providing resources, training, and support. It's all about building a network, education, and helping people create real and productive relationships. How does all this work? Well, Erica Goodman tells us, through the example of Farmland for a New Generation New York, one important tool, naturally, is the internet. There's actually a website, too, that farmers go on, landowners go on, they create a profile. We work with them to go through that process and ask a series of questions that help to really ground them in their readiness to make connections with either a landowner or a farmer. So you need some of that framework to get an orientation and started. And so I think that's been a really big and important part of the program in New York State is those centralized resources but I think you can't stop there. And there are farmland programs across the country that are doing great and wonderful work and are really important both at a state level or in kind of smaller regional level. But it's the combination of those resources as well as having more direct touch points with a navigator, someone who can help you walk through that process. Just having someone who can help be the mediator in a way that we do, you know, they're not professional mediators, but having someone who's supporting that process and able to help both parties think about what are the goals, what are the values, what are those really core pieces that are maybe outside of the structure of the property and outside of the the soil makeup on the property that is what can make a transition possible. And, and this is a transition that's both 
leasing land and purchasing land. And so in some cases, the landowner does stay a part of the process and the relationship longer term. Which brings us to Nimble Roots Farm, a food production operation launched a few years ago by Christine and Fabio Ritmo, both of whom hail from New York State. We would not have found Gabe and Cecilia without the Farmland Finder tool, and now the Farmland for a New Generation. There's just like no other way that we would have ever met them. That's Christine Ritmo. She and her future husband Fabio met just after graduating from college. Christine studied equine business management, and Fabio, history, with a minor in Native American studies. We met, met at a picnic, and then just kind of started talking and realized that we were both into agriculture. Our first conversation involved me trying to pawn a rooster off to Fabio. <laughs> so Wait, you had- I didn't buy it. I didn't take it no. either. Oh, you were trying to sell a rooster. I yeah. was trying to just I, I would have, have paid one. to give get rid of the rooster, right? To but so I yes. wasn't interested. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just it was a it was a whole chicken thing. A whole chicken thing. <laughs> yeah. Totally makes sense. Despite the rooster transaction falling through. Christine and Fabio kept talking and realized they had a lot in common when it came to social issues and agriculture. We grew up in relatively wealthy parts of Albany, and there are a lot of parts of Albany that food access is a major issue. There's just not grocery stores available. Fresh food isn't available for people. Just like witnessing the disparities between my upbringing and between the people in surrounding communities just a few miles down the road. As you get older and we saw more of the world and we realized our interest in agriculture was, it's like, this is where our passion is and this is where our skill set lies. So how can we apply ourselves as humans to be a part of this solution? Not long after that, Fabio was working at a brewery when he decided to move to what he called the middle of nowhere and take an internship at Pleasant Valley Farm in Argyle, New York owned by Paul and Sandy Arnold. Ten months later, Christine joined him. If you've ever worked with Paul, it's his passion for farming and his commitment to getting young people into agriculture is... Infectious. Infectious. It's extremely powerful. He's a master at the craft, working alongside him, and seeing that farming can actually be financially viable... He's very committed to recentering the notion that farming is a professional career. And I think it was such an important experience for us to be with the Arnolds because we both quit our jobs and moved, like Fabio said, to the middle of nowhere to to learn how to farm, going to this really intense year-round production farm. They've been around for 30 years. They're incredibly well-respected all around the country. They're really excellent farmers and great mentors. It was helpful for us to, A, realize that we could actually do this. Um, We could do this together and we could make a living out of it and we could be really effective in our goal. But also it was helpful to explain to our families and our friends that this is actually a, a good idea. And our families were incredibly supportive, I should mention, and we're not surprised at all uh, that that was our decision. After the internships ended, they moved home, got married, and started applying what they had learned to a large family garden. 
That was really the beginning of Nimble Roots Farm. Things went well, but the Ritmos knew they had more to learn, so they relocated again to enroll in the farmer training program at the University of Vermont. They learned a lot. They loved the Green Mountain State, but after finishing the program, they headed right back to the Albany area. Having grown up there and having just that region trigger our journey, I suppose, we felt compelled to move back and to make a tiny dent in helping to change the food system. I mean, the capital region is just like rife with fast food restaurants and chain restaurants and not a lot of small organic operations. And then we found the Farmland for a New Generation site, which we tell everybody is a dating site for farmers and <laughs> and landowners. It's truly, that's what it felt like. We put our profile up and we were just spending evenings reading reading profiles and then messaging back and forth with people. It was a very interesting form of dating. <laughs> swipe uh, left, swipe right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. As they began looking at properties and talking to landowners, the Ritmos often called on American farmland trusts Tim Bellow, New York program specialist and a navigator helping coordinate farmer-landowner partnerships in the region. AFT was critical, honestly. Tim Bellow, we've known him for quite a while, have admired him as a farmer for quite a while, but as a facilitator of just like new young farmers, he helped us with our lease arrangement. He helped us formulate the right questions to ask when looking at new properties and talking to landowners. And even outside of just the land access part of it, he shared spreadsheets with us on his record keeping, I feel he's gone above and beyond. He's blurred that line between an AFT individual and like a, and a farmer for us. And he's been an incredible source of assistance. As they continued to work with Tim Bellow, they browsed the website, communicating with potential partners until they came across a profile that just felt right. Gabe and Cecilia's profile was really simple and straightforward. Um, certainly nothing about forming a collaborative, <laughs> cooperative <laughs> partnership in there, but it was it met all of our logistical boxes. It was 30 minutes from Albany. It had enough acreage for the growth we foresaw with growing vegetables. It had enough room for our horses. There was a small barn. It was near main roads. It sort of checked off all those boxes. Christine just mentioned there the collaborative, cooperative partnership that would eventually flower. But in those early days, it looked like the classic kind of farms for a new generation pairing that Erica Goodman spoke of earlier. Except these new folks that they met online were not farmers, but former residents of Brooklyn and Troy, New York, who had moved to the country. Cecilia Alderondo is a filmmaker and professor and Gabe Crystal, a union organizer. Here's what Cecilia said about the first meeting with the Ritmos. We could sense very, very quickly that Fabio and Christine were very sincere people. And I think this is something that has borne out in the years since that we've been collaborating. That sort of honesty and integrity that they have as humans was very, very clear. And we just liked them. They had just finished their farmer training course and they had all of these not just ambitions to farm, but they also had 
very clearly identified concerns that we shared about things like food justice and the price of food and how inaccessible organic food is for most people in this country. We had shared concerns about climate change. So the 30-acre property near Saratoga Springs was a match, and there was synergy around shared worldview. So you may be wondering, what about the money? How much is this lease going to cost? The Ritmos were pleasantly surprised. In our first conversation, they said to us that they would lease the land to us for a dollar. Like They were already on the page of, we just want to give young farmers the opportunity to have this space and to use this land. So they're already like progressively ahead of the ball. Like we didn't have to convince them. We didn't have to explain we're in our first year. We just completed an internship and an educational program. We don't really have any money and now we're starting a business and we're investing anything we do have into a tunnel and soil. They were very supportive, both financially, honestly, from the beginning and then just in promoting us, I mean, they had friends in the area and they would send them to our farmer's markets on the weekends. So it started off that way. And I think it was such a easy trajectory to imagine us staying there. So there it was, a match that was always meant to be. But within a few months, everything would change. I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler, Executive Director of Heritage Radio Network. Stay with us for the rest of this episode of No Farms, No Future. HRN is thrilled to be the home of this new podcast because America's irreplaceable farmland grows our food and supports a trillion-dollar-a-year agriculture economy. Farmland is the foundation of our rural communities, providing jobs, recreational opportunities, and a deep connection to the land. Farms are also critical in the fight against climate change. Learn more about American Farmland Trust and how to get involved at farmland.org. Now let's return to today's show. Before the break, it was 2019 and Fabio and Christine Ritmo were establishing Nimble Roots Farm on a property owned by Gabe Crystal and Cecilia Alderondo. And then Cecilia was offered a new teaching job, and they decided to sell their Saratoga County home. You'll hear how Christine describes her response to the news, and then Cecilia and Gabe weigh in. It was maybe three months in to our season when they let us know that they were planning on relocating to the Hudson Valley, which made sense. I mean, they both worked in the city a lot, and cue a little bit of mild panicking for us initially, but then it was, but we want you to come with us. Are you interested in coming with us and we can look for land together and find something that suits your needs? And it was definitely a huge decision. We had invested a lot into the land, the 30 acres, fixed fencing and plenty of compost and things that we couldn't take with us had established some markets and some customers in the area, but. Unfortunately, we knew we were causing upheaval in their lives anyway. So then obviously that concern, we were like, oh, we don't want to do this to them. But then we were like, well, what if we don't have to break up? You know, like what if we can 
what if this move can be for everybody's benefit? And so we started looking for property with them in mind. And we, these were, this was a series of conversations. It wasn't like overnight. We were like, okay, we're leaving you coming. It was like, okay, well, if you are coming, what kind of land should we be looking for? Because for Gabe to keep some chickens and maybe have a garden, that's a very different thing than what Fabio and Christine's needs were as far as the land. And so that's why it was very, very important for us when we started looking to bring them out to look at the land with us. And, you know, we would, we would go yeah, house hunting together. From her perspective, she had to convince the three of us. And I was particularly, I was like, well, we're, I mean, this is fine. And mine came from a fear that I was going to lose Fabio and Christine. And Cecilia was ever the, like, optimist and idealist. She said, I think we can find something to where we can all do it together. Also, it was the perfect time if we were going to move. It was only one season. We started pretty small. And it was such a positive reciprocal relationship. And we realized that, you know, we don't really want to do this on our own. We like this collaborative idea. And then the conversation started to evolve into like, what else can we do besides a farm? What else? Indeed. When Fabio and Christine were in Vermont, they saw a farm that gave them ideas about going beyond growing food and raising animals, such as opening a farm store or cafe or offering educational programs. Meanwhile, Cecilia and Gabe were hoping that they could someday establish artist spaces on the farm and engage the local community in other ways. And off they went to look for a new home together. Fabio and Christine explain how it all unfolded. We were coming down to look at a place in Earlton, maybe 20 minutes away from here. And we did all find this place separately in our online searches. We were all like voraciously searching every avenue, Farmland Finder, Zillow, Craigslist, you know, everything that we could do. We, we found it and we had all flagged it. But the realtor that Gabe and Cecilia were working with had said, you're not going to like the throughway noise because we had shared this idea about a farm and an artist residence and all these things and 87 runs through our property. So we said, okay, I guess we'll take that one off the list. We were at this other place considering it. It was not quite the right fit for us. It was just the house was too big. It wouldn't work for us. So we needed to have lunch and we decided <laughs> to come into Catskill for lunch. And on our way here, we got lost, turned around and ended up just driving right by the driveway of our place now. And I noticed the bridge and the barns. And I was like, that's the place that we've all been looking at. And so we turned around and came down the driveway. Trespassed. Trespassed. <laughs> walked around. Just went through the barns. Walked the property. Spent probably two hours here just looking around. And we kind of... Fell in love. <laughs> fell in love. Each of us at different rates, I would say. Um Fabio was a little daunted. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't as impressed as maybe some of the other people were, but yeah. Sure. So we just walked around, checked everything out, and kind of kept it in the back of our minds, and always I think it was very much in the forefront of our minds. Right in the back of my <laughs> mind, I'll say. So and we kept kind of coming back to it, and then. But then it was about selling the place in Saratoga, and we thought it would take a long time because. Before Gabe and Cecilia bought their Saratoga house, 
it was on the market for like seven years or something because it's a big property. It's outside of Saratoga. There's a horse barn and it sold really quickly. <laughs> they got an offer, a really great offer. This was like COVID, you know, April um, of 2020. Mm-hmm. And they got an offer, accepted it, put an offer on this place, wrote a letter to the owners, you know, introducing ourselves and what we wanted to do and what our vision was for it. And it was accepted. It was like a 48 hour whirlwind. And then we're like, okay, we're moving to Catskill <laughs> this year. <laughs> so then they moved in May, right? End of May. And I think, and we moved at the end of July. We then started you know, moved the horses, packed the farm up, which took a, a few months and uh, moved everything down here. As for agreeing on a lease for the new property, the Ritmos, seeing the potential in Catskill, wanted to pay a bit more than a dollar per month. Eldorando and Crystal asked their partners to come up with a monthly payment amount, something that the farmers felt would demonstrate the value of the land and the partnership while still being affordable they agreed to a quite reasonable $250 per month. Cecilia and Gabe explain their philosophy. We're not really motivated by profit. And that I think in this country is somehow shocking. Like, oh, well, why wouldn't you charge rent? And, uh, you know, this is your asset and you can monetize that asset. Like that was just not the point ever. It's like we have 30 acres that are, really great farmland and somebody can make better use of this than, I don't know. Well, and the other thing is that like, to me, it's like, I get a lot more value being able to say, oh, I actually own this property that is producing sustainable agriculture and like feeding communities. And we donate a tremendous amount. That's worth a lot more to me than whatever the, you know, X number of hundreds of dollars and knowing that the land is being taken care of and used for what it needs to be. It was already pretty late in the season, but with a new lease, Fabio and Christine dug in and got a lot done. They constructed a greenhouse and tunnel, planted garlic and onions, and did everything they could to build momentum for the following season. And then there was a really big flood Christmas that year. We were at the base of the Catskill Mountains in Catterskill Falls, and we're in a flood zone. I don't think anybody expected that severity of flooding in December because we had three feet of snow, right? Yeah, we had like, like three feet of snow. Of rain. And then it rained, melted. So we flooded. <laughs> we lost our tunnel, <laughs> our overwintered onions, and a good chunk of our garlic that first fall. Yep. Winter. The, the other thing I'd like to mention about our first year, which I think is arguably more important than any of the work that we did here, was we had decided not to grow, like I said. And there was a micro farm that got started in town and we donated all of our plants that we had already started to that organization and on their first big planting day we came down and assisted them we met a lot of people in the community and they obviously met us it was just like a a really good way to get involved in a really positive way right from the start and I'd say that's been instrumental in where we are now in terms of our interaction with the people here. Now, in 2022, Fabio and Christine have been playing leadership roles in Catskill's food pantry and working to reestablish the community's dormant farmer's market. They are hardworking farmers, first and foremost. 
But everything they've done since jumping in, from the way they've built the relationship with their landowner partners to how they run their CSA, underscores their concept of the symbiotic relationship between food producers and the communities they serve. We make an effort to know the people that we're growing our food for and connecting with other local businesses. You know, we do our CSA pickup at a cidery on Main Street in Catskill. And through meeting the folks at Left Bank Ciders, we've met other business owners in town. We've connected with other regulars that come to the bar. And then you meet somebody who happens to sell cheese and somebody who you just, that's how you make connections is like putting yourself out there and telling your story and showing your face. People want to see who's growing their food and get behind our farm. We like to have people out here. We're very transparent. We like to show people how we harvest the food, where we wash it, how we pack it, hold a chicken, <laughs> you know, <laughs> see the see the pro- pet a goat, uh, see the process of sort of our, our day-to-day. And as these four partners have discussed since the beginning, they're starting to bring people onto Nibble Roots Farm in other ways. They're planning on opening a couple of glamping sites on the property. They're working with a nonprofit to provide public access to a cave on their land. And they're continuing to brainstorm about the idea of creating a farm and cultural center to further engage and strengthen the community. Cecilia Alderondo, whose latest film chronicles the aftermath of Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico, discusses some of the possibilities. The reality is that we are facing these moments of really scarce resources and, uh, you know, increasingly scarce resources and increasing vulnerability for lots of people in the world. And um, and so I think for us, we're really thinking that this space has the potential for a, a really kind of holistic purpose, uh, an integrated space where a conversation around food and farming can also relate to creativity and other kinds of justice work. So the barn is very big and there is enough space for everybody. And so there's enough space for Fabio and Christine to kind of have their own barn, their own domain that could be dedicated towards all of their farm work, but also cooking and having a kitchen and maybe having some kind of classes and and stuff that's farm specific. And then there's a whole other area that is, it really lends itself. I mean, if you visit, you will see it's like, it just calls for creativity. And so it would be great to have live workspace for artists. And it could take a number of forms. It could be a residency. It could be giving access to local people, studio space. And then there's also a big, beautiful kind of cathedral-like community space that we would love to keep open that would be you know a place for gathering you can have film screenings you can have dance parties you can have activist meetings you can have all kinds of things how those plans ultimately take shape remains to be seen but it's clear that the partnership that initially grew with the help of american farmland trust is enabling the ritmos to begin their farming careers in a way they couldn't have imagined on their own But no matter how farmers and ranchers get access to a piece of land, they all face the same daunting climate change challenges. Fabio and Christine are employing a range of approaches to tackling the problem. The farm is 145 acres. We're using different practices. We're trying to move towards no-till farming, planting a lot of trees, working on the health of the stream that we're on. Building Uh, riparian buffers. And 
we've also just started partnering with this organization called Carbon Sponge, which is this project planting sorghum, which is a plant that has these really deep roots and is really good at carbon sequestration. So we're pursuing these different projects, but we've only been here for such a short time that a lot of those larger scale projects that will have a, a big impact on carbon sequestration or whatever it may be, take a lot of time. So we're still figuring that out and figuring out what the role of this piece of land is going to be in that process. The story of Fabio and Christine Ritmo and Cecilia Alderando and Gabe Crystal is an unusual one, but it demonstrates that there are endless and creative ways such farmer-landowner partnerships can evolve. How those plans ultimately take shape remain to be seen, but it's clear that the partnership that initially grew with the help of American Farmland Trust is enabling the Ritmos to begin their farming careers in a way they couldn't have imagined on their own. It also demonstrates that there are endless and creative ways such farmer-landowner partnerships can evolve. AFT's Director of Farms for a New Generation, Erica Goodman, and her colleagues will keep supporting these partnerships while building tools, doing research, working with legislators, and executing a host of other critical tasks to ensure that farmland in the U.S. stays farmland. This transition is happening across the country in communities and in families and in future farm families. And just to think about those times where I was trying to understand what could happen and what the future could be for our farm. And I didn't feel like I had a pathway to do that. I wish I had some of these navigators. I wish I'd had someone who could help me take those initial ideas and really see where they could go. Um, and to sit down with our family to have some of those conversations too. And, and that's something that gets me really excited about the work that American Farmland Trust and our partners are doing because I didn't have that. The good news is a wide range of farmers, regardless of background or current access to land, do have a chance to take advantage of those resources and help feed their communities. As for the Ritmos, it's going to be a busy year, but they like considering the future too. We certainly have our present to deal with and like next season and the next five seasons, but we're also thinking 10, 20, you know, 30 years down the road and, and we're excited to keep. We're also thinking like 70, 100 years where we're not right. even going to see, <laughs> see the benefits of True. what we're doing now, I think, which is, which is also pretty important. Which is part of our commitment to that small piece of climate change and just being a part of the economic and food system stability of the region. We aren't going to see all those chestnut, what, how many years does it take for the chestnut trees? It takes a long time, but we are planting sugar maples. So when I'm like 75, I do want to eat a <laughs> pancake breakfast with the syrup from those trees. Thanks to Christine and Fabio Ritmo, Cecilia Alderondo and Gabe Crystal, and AFT's Erica Goodman for their contributions to this episode. Next time on No Farms, No Future, we head out west where shortages of water are threatening agriculture like never before. We're not dealing with a one-year, a two-year, or a three-year drought. This is a, a generational, a historic drought. These are issues that we've never had to deal with before in this region. But farmers are always prepared to innovate. They're always prepared to find a way forward. And I think we see that with the drought in a few different ways. 
That's next time on No Farms, No Future, the podcast of American Farmland Trust, created in collaboration with the Heritage Radio Network and produced by The Food Voice, executive producer Louisa Kasdan and audio director and composer Michael Moss. I'm Rob Hoschel. Thank you for listening to No Farms, No Future. I'm John Piotti, president and CEO of American Farmland Trust. Learn more about our work at farmland.org and subscribe to No Farms, No Future wherever you listen to podcasts. This show is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.